0: Here's what I say, as long as, I mean, and we're all aging, but as long as I don't ever become like the quote unquote creepy old guy, <laughs> <laughs> as, long, as long as like my mere presence doesn't make people nervous because it's just that awkward or it's just too far out of the box, yeah, then I think I'm good with that.
1: Welcome to Porn and Coffee, the weekly adult industry podcast, bringing you the latest from the greatest in the adult entertainment industry, naked and caffeinated and ready to go. Here are your hosts, Jay Kopita and Thomas Helen.
2: Welcome, everybody, to Porn & Coffee. We are at episode 11. My name is Thomas Skavhallen from PlugWash.com, and with me, as always, Jay Copita from com. How are you doing, Jay?
1: You know what? I'm actually doing really good today, Thomas. I've uh, had a very busy morning, and uh, you know what? I think I'm going to go and take a nap after this episode.
2: <laughs> that sounds like a perfect day,
1: man. Perfect, perfect <laughs> day. <laughs> It's uh, like eleven in the morning. Sure, why not?
2: Yeah. And uh, Norwegian time is actually six in the afternoon. So I'm gonna going home after this episode. But yeah, nothing yeah, about us. Nothing about day. us. We have the one and only Brad from Mojo host on today. How how did we manage to get yes. him on? He's like one of the one of the yeah. two guys.
1: Yeah, he really is. Brad Mitchell is a really he's just an awesome dude all around. I mean, he's great to do business with. He's a fun guy. You know, he's Mr. Goodwill. You can always uh uh have a good time with Brad there and he's always just, you know, supportive of so much in the industry. And he's also multi-multi-award winning. So, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts actually of how he really came into prominence, give us some history of the hosting industry and where he's come from. You know, we're going to learn a few things about him as well. But, you know, I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of good content and information from Brad on this episode. So, yeah, we are really, really thrilled to have Brad Mitchell with us today.
2: The fun thing about Brad is that, of course, he's really a technical guy. He comes down to the server and can he knows everything from the bottom to the top about hosting. But... He's also mm-hmm. really fun to hang around. <laughs> he's not yep. hes not the super geeky guy that uh, only talks about the hosting. I, I, I've had conversations at conferences with people like that. Then you just want to get away, get away, get away. With Brad, you never want to leave. You no. just want another beer, another story. So yeah, we're going to have fun at this episode. I think so. But we also need to thank our sponsor.
1: Absolutely. We want to give a huge shout out to ClickCash.com the first sponsor for Porn and Coffee. And uh, here we go. Porn and Coffee is supported by ClickCash.com, the Internet's first ever adult affiliate program. The first. Hmm. Right now, ClickCash is paying our listeners up to $200 for every member they refer. To take advantage of this amazing payout and learn more, visit ClickCash.com slash Porn and Coffee. And that's one word, Porn and Coffee. I mean, listen, folks, you can make up to $200 just by going to clickcash.com slash coffee. So why don't you do it? Show them some love, show us some love, and make some money while you're at it.
2: Okay, let's refill our cups of coffee and get ready for bread right after this.
1: You're listening to Porn and Coffee. While our hosts refill, here are a few words from our sponsors. Plugrush.com, a self-serve traffic network where you can buy, sell, and trade traffic. Plugrush.com. Moving traffic forward. All right, everybody, we are back. Thank you very much for joining us today on this edition of Porn and Coffee. Joining us today for episode 11, of course, we have the one and only Brad Mitchell, founder and owner of Mojo Host, one of the premier hosting companies for the adult entertainment industry. And it's great to have you with us, Brad. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Jane Thomas, for having me on your show. This is exciting.
1: Yep. We've got a lot of questions to get to today. Some of them professional, some of them very unprofessional. Uh, but let's start out here with your kind of meteoric rise to the top. You know, tell us about your humble beginnings and what got you into this industry. And kind of, you know, don't give away any secrets. But you know, you really came into prominence rather early, and you've stayed there. So, uh, kind of give everyone the lowdown.
0: Sure. So let's see. I had a day job that that was all right ever since, like, pretty much starting in high school. But that's not. That, I didn't really ever want to work for somebody else. So, in about in 1989, I. Uh, gave notice at my work and started looking for a business for sale. And what I had actually found was a porn site, an adult an adult website that was for sale. And I bought that. So I didn't start as a hosting company first. What I really started as was uh, something that probably today's industry people haven't even heard of. I, I had an age verification system. <laughs> Remember those, Jay? <laughs> AVS? Absolutely. So AVS sites. I had, definitely. I had, I had a thousand very unremarkable sites across 15 domains and subdomains. <laughs> So that was that was really how I got started in ninety nine. And then, you know, for the wow. for the next two years, I really I threw a bunch of different things against the wall. Everything from doing some some content leasing to relaunching those pay sites that I had. I also very early on in 2000, I, I went to my first Internext. It was in New Orleans. So by that time, I mean I was really I was really fresh in business and I didn't quite understand the whole affiliate concept. I had my sites, I had processing, I I was uh, selling and managing my own members. But after I completed the websites, I, I didn't really know what to do next. And I thought maybe, uh um, Audio text numbers or phone sex lines. So I got some of those numbers right out of the gate in 2000 and started promoting those targeted towards the different niche websites that I had and uh, started getting checks in the mail. And by the time I went to my first show in May, I thought, well, this is unique. No one else is promoting phone sex online. If I could just teach other webmasters how to do what I'm doing and then maybe start an affiliate program for that, that might be a good business. So that's kind. Of, that was really what I figured out first. That was my first commercial success because the pay sites I had even. Even though it might have been a lot more ripe for the picking in 2000, it, it still wasn't easy for everybody to try to figure that out. Yeah. Um, okay. So I actually started a phone sex affiliate program called Syntalk, and that was that was really my first success. I partnered with a company in Boston to do that, that already was doing live phone sex and fulfillment and billing and customer service, and more or less just brought the relationship-based marketing and sales component and affiliate management to the table and then grew the business from there so the
1: question is that that husband and wife team that still come to trade shows from time to time
0: yes that is that is tom and Lori, and they are two of my most favorite oh my people. yeah yeah they're very so tom, cool that's
1: that's amazing
0: want to hear something even more amazing i introduced yeah. them really i Together. i introduced tom to Lori. <laughs> what yeah So Lori was actually my, so she was my first sales rep. She worked for a company way back when called NTS, I think network telephone. And they were the biggest. And she was my first sales rep that had, reluctantly assigned me some phone lines and then you know i started doing business with tom and then at some point introduced them and yeah they they are certainly living happily ever after which is wonderful you don't see a lot of that so
2: phone sex and then matchmaking
0: yeah so anybody out there that actually does want to get phone sex lines phone sex still does sell online you can go to Mm omegacash.com they can help you to set up some targeted lines for your business that's how i met my business partner that's how i met Corey baldwin i was actually a show that was thrown in um, Windsor, Ontario, and it must have been 2001. And that's where I met Corey. He became a phone sex affiliate. Um, He's local to me, we were, I think, having lunch. and, and, And basically, I had some I had a little bit of space and power in a data center and a few servers was paying somebody else to manage them and had already started subletting some space and power servers to other friends like my phone sex affiliates. They were my first hosting customers. Him and Matt Hemani he's like, "You know, you're you're really good at selling, so if you think you want to sell some hosting, I could I could manage it for you and we shook hands and we've really never looked back since then." So, you know, we started really without much of a business plan. It's been since April 2002 our our, our business anniversary is April Fool's Day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, all of us in Phoenix then.
0: Yeah. Oh, actually. Yeah. That's that Phoenix does go in April. This year doesn't. Oh, that gives me that might yes, give me some idea.
2: Awesome. I remember back in the days when I was a publisher, like in uh, 2004 to 2008, we had a really hard time finding hosting that approved adult uh, or adult content, because most of the regular ones as a webmaster, when you are like 1920. You go to like Gator or like GoDaddy or stuff like that, but none of them were ever doing anything like that. And in Norway, of course, just thinking about hosting costs money. So uh, we we found somebody in America very, very soon. And but now we hear, hear about you and you. You guys have been winning like for the best adult hosting company, like. How many years five six seven eight years in a
0: row yeah like yeah. nine even I always worry, I always worry like I get nervous every every time there's an award show because uh, I've, I've been doing this 16 years and you can't win all the time it's 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 awesome to be nominated but sometimes it might be easier to be in a number two position because then you're not so damn stressed out <laughs>
1: I gotta tell you I mean this is you're a fine example of why goodwill and solid branding really, really matter in this industry. I mean, I have this discussion with people about branding from time to time. Oh, you know, it doesn't matter. It's crap. It's a waste of time, waste of money. Oh, really? You know, because honestly, if you were to go to any single person in the adult entertainment and online industry and ask them, okay, off the top of your head, rattle off five hosting companies, Mojo Host is going to end up in that top five every single time. Maybe not the first choice, but it's going to be mentioned every time. There's no question about it.
0: I don't think so. You know, and I I credit that to me. Just I was just persistent. I mean, when I started off, it was really just sweat. I mean, I I went to every, I went to as many conferences as I could afford to go to, and Mm -hmm. as many conferences as I couldn't afford to go to. Also, I mean, back in the beginning, I was putting a lot on credit cards, and you know, I guess uh, you know, I started off in the back of the room, and it was was nervous. For me to start conversation with new people, but I think really just the patience and persistence, and and really the first five 500, 600 customers I onboard, I didn't, I didn't have any help back then. I onboarded every customer myself. You know, every conversation, wow. whether it was a person at a conference or over ICQ, didn't have mm-hmm. Skype back then. Right, not that I was using right. so much anyway. Yeah, and, and I've always I, I try to be a student of, of what other businesses do in our industry, and it seems to me. That when people are absent, it creates a space, and 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 I think it's more it's a lesson of of life when usually when there's an empty space, something comes in to fill it, right? So my my theory on this has been if I just keep showing up, if I just keep filling that space, it makes it harder for the next competitor to come in and and replace me. You know, we're we're all getting older. I mean, shoot, sixteen years. I mean, I was I think when Jay and I started, we you were we were more twink like than uh, than anything <laughs> with baby well, I
1: faces. Was, I was I was a twink well into my thirties. Yeah. I didn't get that.
2: I'm seeing the pictures. Style, <laughs> so you look so handsome. You look like me. Funny. No.
0: <laughs> but I mean, really, the most important thing to me is that we're we're actually just making our customers happy. You know, contrary to what most people think, I really I don't plan for that stuff. I've never I've never bought an award. It's it's really just right. community voting. And and that's an honor to think that the people that I, I work with and that I see on a regular basis and the people that we serve, that, that they respect us, makes me feel good and makes me want to, to keep doing what I do for a living. That's kind of what feeds me. Mm. So.
1: Well, I mean, it's branding and it's goodwill that get people in the door. And then it's the quality of service and the customer service that keep them there. So, I mean, you've got, you know, the equation working for you. And, uh, you know, I dare say some of the clients you've had on for better part of you know that 14 years that you've been in business
0: yeah and i you know it's definitely it's one it's one thing to to get a new customer but i think like you said it's another thing to keep somebody for a long time and we've got some clients that we've had now the the whole duration 12 13 years you know uh, back when our cs when our customer server numbers were like 5 10 (laughs) 15 20 and now we're now we're numbering you know 2400 and Something um, that's pretty cool. I mean, really, and, and it's been it's been an, a, a, an interesting journey. I mean, we've really seen the whole life cycle of of so many different companies. Um, obviously, uh, companies uh, come and go and rise and fall. And as a host, you really get a bird's eye view of all of that. And you have to be able to ride the storm. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little dramatic at moments. I mean, I've had clients that you know, in terms of hosting revenue, started as a few hundred dollars a month and went up to. 60 70 80,000 a month in revenue and all the way back down to zero again and hosting is a fixed cost business so that's 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 how that's a bit of a challenge to be able to ride that out
1: you mentioned a really good point earlier brad when you said uh that when there's an opening in a space that uh someone's going to take it and they're going to run with it uh but a lot of times even if there's no opening in a space there's always going to be someone who tries to compete in it and uh you know either oversaturate that space or it'll create conflicts or whatever or it already cuts up a small I mean, piece I mean, of I, pie. I, you know?
0: I, I mean, I know I certainly didn't start in an empty space. I mean, I started in a very Run. full space. I, I had very clear heroes. I, you know, Colonia National Net and you know, sure. Ron Kettle you know, with Cape Creek on CC yep. Bill, uh, Mike, uh, uh, Webair, all great guys.
1: And, well, uh, let me ask you, in addition to, you know, competing against all of them, what are some of the other challenges that you have to face in the industry? Because, I mean, in addition to the competition that's within the industry, I mean, you obviously have external forces outside the industry, and, I you know, I figure that's where the other quarry comes into play because, you know, anytime there's any kind of, you know, we're not going to get into any legal action or anything like that, but certain ways that you as a service provider have to protect yourself Because there's always going to be someone trying to come after the hosting company, you know?
0: That doesn't happen too much. I mean, I've always been an advocate of trying to make a good neighborhood, right? So Scooter and I don't close every deal that that comes to, to us. We try to find people that are a good fit. And we do decline business sometimes based on uh, what we might see or know or or research or figure out of someone's business ethics or morals, um, business practices. So I think having a good neighborhood of of clients does a lot to protect our existing customers. I think it also gives us a lot less nuisance. So one of the things that we're most proud about at Mojo Host is we really do receive very few DMCA notices. With as many sites as we host, we host maybe 100,000 sites, we get 5, 10, 15 notices a month. And there are hosts that get hundreds, that get thousands, that even get tens of thousands. I don't even know how they process those. Mm -hmm. So like literally, we we get those, and we have a great process for Removals, and um, I actually fire clients. I fired a client, uh, a good, re- a decent revenue client, the other month because um, they weren't really doing a responsible job of managing their tube site. We have a policy at MojoHost, and it's useless to us if we don't enforce it. So I enforced our repeat infringer policy, and I asked the client to leave. It's tough because now I need to go out and replace that revenue with, you know, new revenue. That, that's probably one of our challenges. Is obviously we've got people that are growing, people that are shrinking. To give good service. Costs good money. We have great weight scales at Mojo Host. We have excellent benefits, and it's competitive. I mean, when somebody works six to twelve months with us, they can probably go to recruit out anywhere else in the country Mm -hmm. for any Fortune one hundred company. They really become a master of being a generalist, which is rare for being a server administrator for being in web hosting. We've had client. We've had sorry uh, employees leave us and go to work for lots of uh, really large mainstream brands. um, So
2: let's talk about branding again. Can you explain this history behind some of your painted shirts and all of that style? Because that, that is some <laughs> always fun when you meet you. Like, okay, I have my wooden bow tie, but you have like homemade shirts.
0: Well, I think that's, I think that's good, though. I think it's neat to be able to latch on to something. I'll have to ask Melissa later, but it was, uh, it was either a Father's Day or a Valentine's Day. You know, it was probably a Valentine's Day because I think the first show that I wore a painted shirt to... Cause I, I still have the first shirt. It was a white short sleeve painted shirt and I wore it to Phoenix forum. So it was probably given to me for, for Valentine's day. Yeah. The, so the first one that I've got was uh, Melissa, my ex-wife, she had coordinated it with the kids. They were very little back then, like hmm. I think two, two and three years old. And she got a bunch of different colors of fabric paints and put them out. And I had to got hand prints and footprints all over the front and the back of the, shirt. so as anyone would have been, and I don't know exactly which year this was, I think it must have been, well, I guess that would be about eight years ago, based on their age. I was a little bit nervous <laughs> to wear it I didn't know yet yet at that point, but I'm usually more comfortable to, to blend in, or at least I was then. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting because it really starts conversation. People tend to have an opinion one way or another, Yeah. either they really like it. Or they think you look like a dumbass. <laughs> or, you know they have, or they have an opinion that's like a total polar opposite, which is also cool yeah. because that helps you sort people out. It's like you know, kind of latched onto it.
1: It's good to have haters because the bottom line is, is that you can't please all the people all the time, and it's your style. You know, people aren't directly attacking you if they hate it. I mean, honestly, I've worn some Definitely. things to shows, and you know, I'll get compliments, but at the same time, you know, I'll get like you know, sneers and jeers and stuff like that. You know, and it's just like whatever. Who. Who cares?
0: Here's what I say. As long as, I mean, and we're all aging, but as long as I don't ever become like the quote unquote creepy old guy, <laughs> <laughs> as, long, as long as like my ear presence doesn't make people nervous because it's just that awkward or it's just too far out of the box, yeah, then I think I'm good with it. <laughs> oh, Brad, it's coming. Brad is coming. Bread is
2: coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Creepy old guys aren't developed. They're born. I mean, creepy old guys are creepy young guys as well. So if you're making models and people feel uncomfortable in your twenties, you know, then yeah, you're going to be that creepy old guy, but you know, it's not like a switch is flipped and it's like, Hey, I'm 40 or I'm 50 or I'm 60 or whatever. Uh, you know, I mean, it just, at least that's the way I see it. I mean, you know, we know who the creepy guys are in the street who makes the people uncomfortable. And they've always been socially awkward, you know, not that there's anything right. wrong with that.
0: I think you're right. There's probably five or six people I can think of that I've, I've seen or met that nobody likes to be around. And they just kind of arrived <laughs> that way. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> no names
1: no, <laughs> names. no names. No names. You know what? On that note, we do the commercial for ClickCash. Porn and Coffee is supported by ClickCash.com. ClickCash launched in 1996 with the single goal of helping affiliates make more money. As a loyal Porn and Coffee listener, ClickCash is paying you up to $200. That's right, $200 for every new member you refer. To sign up for free, visit clickcash.com/pornandcoffee. And that's Porn and Coffee in one
2: word. That's right. Mm it sounds so professional man okay. we, are. we are really getting into this podcasting thing let's get back to the technical part here we are talking uh, with uh, with Brad from yeah. uh, Mojo Host we, we're talking about hosting uh, so let's go into more like what is the most important things that your clients need to consider in, in their hosting provider and maybe some mistakes companies make that Mojo Hosts aim to solve
0: most important considerations. Um, well, I think first I'll start with what most people know us for is service and support. So it's often undervalued, but you can have the best of servers and network and lots of other things. And if you don't know how to implement your your server properly or your software, um, you know your websites, if you don't know how to administrate and manage things and troubleshoot and fix problems, it doesn't matter how good everything else is. So one of the things that we aim to solve at Mojo Host is, to meet our customers at their level of technical need. Like, so if somebody knows nothing, then we do everything, you know, except for be their webmaster. But if, so, but if, if we are with working with a larger organization and they have an IT team, then we try to figure out where's the best place that we can meet in the middle. I, I find very often that even with, uh, and especially with large companies, we can really generate some, some good organizational savings and be a great talent pool when used properly for for them to do more, more efficiently, you know, with less dollars, because we have our economies of scale and servicing clients. And uh, it's hard to have that unless unless you've got dozens or maybe even hundreds of employees to have, you know, 10, 15 systems administrators. Um, it's not an easy task for scheduling 24-7. So that's that's one thing. Um I think people these days, especially with the, with the prices of bandwidth being certainly at a bottom, I mean, they're at a low now. I don't know that they'll get much lower. Um, I think people mm. underestimate the value of quality connectivity. Mm. There's still a lot of games, even in 2016, that ISPs and hosts um, play mm. to mm. shake traffic or rate limit or do least-cost routing. And it is definitely the case that... Um, that you can't have everything for nothing that it still costs good money to build a quality network whether it's with your the routers and software that you're using to make those to actually you know pass the packets or make those routing decisions or even with the combination of carriers that a hosting company might select and you know a lot of a lot of quality with hosting is lost not even at the top of the network it's lost in other layers of a hosting company's network so you've got a server sitting in a rack somewhere and the hosts can do different things to manage their costs. Um, every, and, and sometimes those problems start right at the top of rack, where you might be fighting for bandwidth in a switch that's directly connected to your server that goes up to the next level in the network. Hmm. So I think it's important to, to to just do some cursory research if you're going to pick a hosting company and, and try to figure out um, as best you can uh, do they own their infrastructure? Are they directly connected to carriers, or are they looking like um, they're cutting corners? If things sound too good to be true. Usually, there's something to that. You just have to figure out what it is.
2: Mm. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Do Mojo host um, uh, are Mojo host for only the bigger clients? Do you? W- what size of the companies are you guys looking for?
0: Or and is it always okay. in the adult industry? So that's a great question. Um, I'll start with the easy one first. I don't do any marketing in any other markets except for adult. Mm. So it's probably to my own detriment or to our loss, but we've stayed busy enough in this industry with the, with our clients and growth that we haven't had any substantial or really effective uh, marketing effort anywhere else. As a business owner, I realized there's a there's a lesson in there and it's not trying to be everything to everybody. Mm. Um, you know, early on I tried a lot of different businesses and had a lot of pet projects and sometimes you I think it's important to appreciate what you're best at. And I I know that I would have quite a bit. I would have tangible learning curve while I might have a brand with you two and with our listening audience here. I don't necessarily have that in the greater world Mm -hmm. or even in South, you know, Southeast Michigan or in Florida or the different markets that we have data centers in. So for me to approach other markets would really be like starting a whole new business from a marketing perspective. So at least for the moment, we don't we don't focus too much on that. So I, I love taking on companies of all different sizes. We are a bread and butter customer, or I mean, we have a volume of clients. We have about a thousand adult companies, which, which is quite a lot, mm. I think, because the markets, while it's, it's large, it's certainly not infinitely large. We have customers starting in the range of, you know, really as low now as 75 or 150 a month. We have just opened up a few BPS type products that start around the $100 range. And for us dedicated servers, uh, unmanaged starts in the mid-1s, uh, managed servers start in the two hundreds. So we really have the whole range. I've got clients spending a hundred thousand a month, and I've got clients spending, you know, very little. Our average clients, you know, two, three, four, or five hundred dollars. And what a lot of people don't know is we are we are actually awesome at doing unmanaged wholesale infrastructure. Like I know that's what we provide to you guys mm-hmm. at um, at Plug Rush. Most people think that we're only interested it's a common misconception that we're expensive we're really not expensive we're actually we're very very competitive on on pricing for all of the different components that make up hosting okay. so we're really able to build packages for all different size companies and i've actually i've always enjoyed doing the buying the wholesale buying so i and I like the professional challenge of working with the larger companies and also with the smaller companies because it makes such a big difference in in their lives when you're able to give them reliable service. You know, it's very personal when you're talking to somebody that, uh, that it's their livelihood. Maybe it's just a single server and you know that they're relying on you and you're doing a good job for them and it feels good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing I want to ask, you know, my eyes nearly fell out of my head when you said that there's still clients that are billing for like a hundred thousand. Cause I mean, I don't know, you know, costs of hosts and you know, what goes into it and all. And I, uh, I'm actually kind of happy that I'm ignorant to that. Otherwise I'd probably be kept up at nights. But the other thing is, at its peak, you know, I mean, at its peak then, how much were gigs of bandwidth going before things became really uber competitive? I mean, back in the day, I know for uh, a fact, give you, that, you know, on like, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think consumption, I think they were billing for like, I don't know, like 13 or 15,000 a month or something like that. And obviously they didn't have the kind of traffic that tube sites have now, but yeah, let me, right. what, what, what do you have to say about that?
0: So, I didn't start as early as some other people, you know, really as a web host, as I said, we, we started service in two, early 2002, but um, I've been buying bandwidth direct from carriers and data center space since 99. I think the highest I ever paid for bandwidth was um, over a hundred dollars, a megabit. You know, when I started Mojo host in 2002, I believe that number was in the sixties and it's continued to come down. Uh, most most hosting companies now their their raw cost and the raw cost is not not even close to a true cost because it takes money to buy Cisco equipment and ports and have network engineers. But the raw cost for bandwidth now at a wholesale is anywhere the range of below a dollar to I would say like between 50, 40, 50 cents to a dollar fifty on volume. For one meg. Right. So really, in in my business, I've written I've written the model all the way from where we were paying 60 or 70 dollars per megabit all the way down to below a dollar. My actual delivered cost is quite a bit higher because, you know, we pay uh, the network engineer costs 200,000 a year and we have, you know, 700,000 dollars in Cisco equipment. So there's other costs. But um, it's interesting. I think, you know, and what that what that means to me today is my biggest business challenge is actually changing how we price for service. It used to be that the margins we had selling bandwidth, when I was buying at $10 and selling at 30 and someone needed 20 megabit or 30 megabit, it was much more meaningful than at today's numbers. So what really happened in the old days is I was paying for our support staff with the margins from bandwidth. Today, there is no margin in bandwidth. You, we, the bandwidth is, is sort of a... It's a race to the it's a race to the bottom. There's always going to be somebody cheaper. I know that we have we have the best product in terms of speed and performance, but um, it's it's difficult to get the. Uh, we have, we're changing how we price. We have to now price for service because, frankly, payroll is my biggest expense. It trumps bandwidth by you know four times.
2: Can you tell us some awesome, uh, let's say, industry stories? You have been there for a long, long time. What, what what is the craziest thing that have happened in this industry while you have been here?
0: I always, you know, I here's the reason why I always dread this question because it's an awesome question. <laughs> Because I know people like Jay can do a ten times better job telling a good story than I. Can. <laughs> I'm a good storyteller. What can I? Yeah, you you are a prophetic storyteller. And you know, I think there's this. I mean, I've I've been to so many shows now. Like I, I have uh, maybe it's just my age. I'm, i have trouble. I mix up years and venues. And I've seen and done a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> you know, I think it it could take a it can take a toll on someone. It, it could certainly. Over time and years, it can take a toll on relationships, you know, personal and otherwise. You've mm. um, done amazing. I mean, we, I've had the pleasure of doing some amazing things all over the world. I mean, the kinds of excursions that we've done, and everything from, you know, swimming with dolphins in lots of different countries to riding elephants in Thailand. To and gosh, we've just we've just been all over the place. I mean, uh, one year, probably the biggest the biggest thing we ever did as Mojo Host was uh, I chartered at the time, my brother's yacht down in Miami, I did that twice. It was a mega yacht, um, you know, 120, 120 feet, I think that 125 feet. That was pretty cool. And in terms of parties and wild stuff, uh, you know, I don't know, 40 years old, I probably prefer to forget more (laughs) and recall less than than tell those stories. But you know, I've, I've seen people behaving bad, and I've seen people behaving worse. There are a lot of Great individuals in our industry, and uh, I think my role changed a bit since I was uh, 24 years old. Now that I'm 40, I, I, I concern myself a little bit more uh, to try to look after the herd when we're out and make sure that we're able to balance it, keep everybody safe, and hmm. and still have a good time. You know, nobody knows how to cut loose like like some of us that have been doing it for a long <laughs> time. But
2: what about the craziest hosting story? Yeah, do you have any oh shit
0: moments? <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Let me find some wood to knock on here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, here we go. I mean, we've got, I mean, I don't care what anyone says. Every host has done terrible, awful things and had atrocious downtimes at different moments.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You
0: know, and most stuff, you know, sometimes equipment fails, you know, and if you don't plan properly, that makes it pretty bad. But the honest truth is, most of the time, big hosting mistakes are made by people. Because no matter how much equipment you put online and how much money you spend, it's really human error. And when you can't, you can't program around. You can't really program around that. You can have good policies and procedures, but the truth of it is, those kinds of things don't even really get put into place until you learn the hard. I mean, in most instances, until you learn the hard way, and you've done something the wrong way, and then mm-hmm. you know the best approach is to see how to prevent such things in the future.
1: So let's bring it out to our final question here, Brad. Uh, one that I enjoy, but you know what, when we're, we're not getting the best answers for it lately, although I will say that Lauren
0: oh, did a Is this bit the bad. one that was in the email? I don't know. We'll yes, of
1: that. course it was. Well, yeah, you know what? I'll give you a second to think about it while I ramble on and crap on trying to figure out how to say it. But yeah, Brad, uh, we would like to know who your industry crush is. And if you don't feel like answering it that way, then you can always give us a big shout out. Somebody this, with this,
0: deserves some like your, your crush on Kristen Winters, like that kind of a crush, <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or Samantha, yeah. who used to work at MindGeek, or, you know, really yeah. uh, dozens of others who I could sit and list. But uh, we just want one from you.
0: Just one, huh?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That'd be sure. tough. All right. Two, three, four. The one that works for, for MindGeek that just got married, she was super cute.
1: <laughs> for MindGeek or for Gamma?
0: Oh, Gamma. Mm. Shame on
1: me. <laughs> You're talking about Tina. You're talking about Tina.
0: Yeah, she's super cute. But, you know, we've got a lot of great women in the business. So, you know, I don't know. I enjoy that. Sometimes I'm just one of the girls, too. I like to go shopping and do dumb things like that. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
1: All right. Very safe answer. But you know what? I think we'll move on.
2: <laughs> Let's move on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brad, for being part of episode 11 of Porn and Coffee.
0: That was awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the opportunity to be be on Porn & Coffee.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. And, of course, as always, we will be back next week with another fresh episode of Porn & Coffee. Until then, like, share, and comment on everything you have heard so far. Thank you, and goodbye.
1: And tell a few friends. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Porn & Coffee. Be sure to check out what's brewing with us every week. Established in 1996, the Why Not Forums are the longest-running business forums in the adult entertainment industry. Head over to WhyNot.com forums and hang out with other adult industry professionals where you can share news, talk shop, and get support, all in a professional and constructive manner.